0: Try that again. Good morning. (laughs) Please join me for the litany of invitation and confession that's printed in your worship bulletin. Let us worship God, our guide. God leads us apart from the fears and anxieties of the world. Let us worship God, our guardian. God protects us in the shelter of peace and love. Let us worship God, our friend. God calls us each by name. Let us worship God, our shepherd. We confess that we have failed to hear God's voice calling us. We have not followed as we should. We ask for God's forgiveness. Sisters and brothers, God welcomes all with inclusive love. God has grace aplenty. We are forgiven. Let us lift our voices in gratitude to God.
1: Welcome to the worship of God on this beautiful spring day. It is good to be together as God's people in God's house on this Lord's Day. Some of us have come quite a way to be here today. Some of us have attended funerals and then come here. Some of us have attended weddings and then come here. Some of us have done both and come here. So whatever we bring to this place, be it a broken glass Or a full cup, whatever, we come in bringing our grief and bringing our gratitude to God. So welcome. Especially do we welcome uh, those of you who are guests and visitors today. There is on the uh, edge of your order of service uh, a sheet where you can uh, fill out a response card, can put name and address there, can help me connect. your name with who you are and your face and get to know you. Also, any of you who have a prayer request, you can place it on the response card too. It's an honor for our staff and for our deacons to pray for you by name and by need uh, every week. So when the offering plates pass, drop that in. It is still the season of Easter as we celebrate the work of Christ in our lives. The Alliance of Baptists, one of our Baptist families, is meeting right now in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, Daniel, our associate pastor, has been attending that and will be coming back this afternoon. There will be three texts that you'll hear today. One we're about to hear is that haunting text from Psalm 22 that uh, Jesus quotes on the cross about, My God, why have you forsaken me? But by the end of the psalm, it is an affirmation of faith faith. And hope and justice. The other two texts will speak about the love of God and the abiding grace of God and how we abide in Christ. And so we listen as these scriptures steep in our soul. Our worship leader today, as you have discovered, is Caitlin Cook Fur. She's one of our members and she's a seminary student at Candler. This summer, she will be going uh, to do student work and missionary work in Calgary and Alberta, Canada. We'll be blessing her as she goes to do that next week. But she'll lead us in worship today, especially as we open our hearts to hear these words.
0: The psalmist expresses his distance from God, yet he recalls God's closeness in times past and claims faith in God for the future. A reading from the Psalms. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? O oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. Yet you are, enthr- you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel." In you our ancestors trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved, in you they trusted and were not put to shame. The poor shall eat and be satisfied, those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Here ends the first lesson.
1: is always a gift to us when Reverend Clay Manley can lead us in prayer. He has pastored Baptist churches and Disciples of Christ churches. He was the interim pastor of Oakhurst Baptist Church uh, years ago, and he comes now to share with us a morning prayer in Lord's Prayer.
2: Let us pray. Lord God Emmanuel, Lord of Lords, Light of Lights, Keeper of the sunrise beyond the darkness, Thou fountain of hope, wellspring of joy, Thou who hast given us grace abounding, Lord God, come in this past and hear our prayer this day. For in the quiet, Of this worship hour we find a name for our dis-ease and distress and that name is loneliness for so many have gone from us so many moved away so many did leaders and followers workers and prayers given and keepers Lord God Almighty, who can be- match the faithfulness of those here among us. O Holy Master of us all, we call upon your boundless grace in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, our risen Lord in Christ. Save us from the modern version of the ab- uh, abomination of desolation Listen, and his name is Loneliness. Loneliness that strikes at night. Loneliness that strikes us at funerals. Loneliness that strikes us at Christmas. Loneliness that eviscerates even the strongest. Save us, Lord. Come and save us now. And when the loneliness is finally hemmed up with love, speak to us. Each of us can understand that we might be an emboldened to speak forward and fill the ranks from those who are now gone. It is now our time to lead. It is time for our time to serve. Our time to smile, our time to give. This is our time. And if we be found faithful servants in this time, one reward we ask, another that will be on our hearts. When the saints go marching in, Mary Dutton and Tommy Clyatt, Bedford Davis, O Lord. Let us march with that group as they go marching in. O Lord God, shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, our singing the songs of Zion into the church triumphant. O Lord, we want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Grant it, Lord. Let it be. Let it be through Christ our Lord. For we make our prayers in the name of him who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread.
3: Because God has loved us, we love one another, and we abide in God's love. A reading from the letter of 1 John. Beloved, beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit, And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their sisters or brothers, are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot cannot love God whom they have not seen, The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. Here ends the second lesson.
4: Girls and boys, you can join us at the front. Just a few friends this morning. How are y'all? Are you good? So I brought some things with me. Levon, look at these. I brought some salt and some olive oil. I would have brought flour, but I there's not wooden flour, unfortunately. And I brought a roller. And um, what is that? What is this? I know, it's a
5: pizza cutter.
4: It's a pizza cutter. Yes, all of these things I use when I make homemade pizza. Have you ever had homemade pizza? Maybe. I have. You have? I have. I've had baguette pizza. It's like pizza that's me, a baguette. Ooh, yum. That sounds delicious. Well... My mom taught me how to make homemade pizza. She taught me how to mix the flour and the salt and the oil and the yeast together to make a dough. What? Yeah. And cheese, you put cheese on top. That's the most important part to me.
5: I love mushrooms on my pizza. Yeah,
4: that's so good.
5: Like, yeah, oh, too spicy?
4: Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. But my mom taught me all of those things. She taught me how to make pizza. Do you have teachers that help you teach things or, or help you to learn things? Do they teach you things? Do you have teachers that teach you?
0: Well, I have a lot of money in my piggy
4: bank. I haven't counted it. <laughs> yeah. Our teachers are there to help us and to guide us. And there's a story in the Bible about a man who was walking in the wilderness. And an angel came to one of Jesus' disciples named Philip and said, you are going to meet this man on the road. And sure enough, it happened. And so they started a conversation. They started talking about the Bible. And the man that was just learning about the Bible didn't understand something that he was reading in the scripture. And so he asked the disciple Philip about it. And the, and the disciple said, that scripture has so much to do with Jesus. And once the man on the road realized that, he saw it in a whole new way, and it changed his life. We have teachers in our lives who help teach us things. Our church school teachers teach us things. I
0: haven't gone on the playground in my school in a
5: while.
4: You haven't? Well, because you're learning so much, right? Your teachers are teaching you so many things. They can help us learn about God and guide us in the right direction. So, let's be thankful for all of our teachers, whether they're at school, or at church, or at home. Okay? So this week, let's be thankful for that. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for all of the teachers that are in our lives, that guide us and help us to know you better. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
0: And intimately connected to Christ, just as the branch is joined to the vine. A reading from the Gospel according to John. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: These scriptures and stories that we hear from the Bible on Sunday, I think of as mirrors and windows. A mirror is something that you look into and see yourself. A window is something you look through and see the world. These stories are like both. Sometimes when we read them, we learn more about ourselves as we look into the scriptures' mirror. Other times we look through them and we see about God and God's world. Like these texts today that says, if you say you love God but do not love your brother or sister, then you are a liar. That way we're looking at the mirror to see ourselves, we look through the window to see God's world. Life is like that, I think. Today's gospel is a metaphor. It's a bit difficult uh, to ramp up on unless you're paying attention. You know that a metaphor is a figure of speech. It is applied, but not literally ap- applicable, right? A metaphor. That is to say, a metaphor is love is a rose. Well, love is not a rose, but love is a rose. Love is a rose in that it is not lit- literal. But love is a rose in that it is delicate, delicate, it is beautiful, Uh, it is representative, and it has thorns and can hurt you. Love is a rose. It is a metaphor. Well, as in that, we come to this statement today that we heard Caitlin read, where Jesus says, I am the vine you are the branches. And In the Gospel of John, there are several I am statements. I am the door, I am the bread of life, I am the good shepherd. And today we talk about vines and branches. There are two things I want to hold up from the Gospel lesson uh, about the anatomy of a vineyard, these vines and branches. Here's the first. Christian spirituality is an intimate relationship. It is so because branches only exist because they stay connected to the vine. It's an intimate relationship we have. And this is one of those devotional sermons because it's a devotional text. That like the branch is connected to the vine, so are we connected to God. Now the Greek word there is the word minnow, the word abiding. Uh, just to uh, be curious, I blew the dust off my Greek New Testament. Looked around in the Gospels found that that word is used three times in the Gospel of Matthew, two times in the Gospel of Luke, uh, six times in Luke, two times in Mark. But when it gets to John, 34 times. It is one of his favorite metaphors and images that we abide in Christ like a Christ is abiding in God. Here's what I think that means for me, for you. Abiding means nourishing. When you think about it, if if this is the vine and then this is the branch that goes out, that there is no nourishment to the branch unless it's connected to the vine, right? The hydration, the respiration, the vascular nutrition system, it's all connected. I don't know that much about running a vineyard. I don't know anything. I don't know much about growing grapes. We didn't have a lot of them in Louisiana. But there is the trunk, the root, the cordon, the spurs, the cane, the buds that become grape clusters. Now you could take a branch and drop it to the ground and it be close to the soil It could receive the dew that falls on it. It could be uh, a recipient of the sun's rays that can make photosynthesis possible. But it's going to die because it is not connected to, to, to the vine. Whatever else it means to live life Christian, it means to be connected to the source that nourishes us. Another thing, abiding means... A unique flavoring. This is another thing I learned about vine and wine. Uh, Growing up Southern Baptist, I didn't know much about drinking. You've taught me a lot. Uh, I appreciate that. And so, uh, you remember Bill Goddard? He used to sing in the choir. He was husband to Sue Goddard. He was a wine connoisseur. And me wanting to be a good pastor, I knew I had to learn more about wine. And so, I did what I would do to learn more, I bought a video called Wine for the Confused by John Cleese. (laughs) You know, I go right to the top. You know, Monty Python, those people ought to know something about this, so I I learned. One of the things I learned on there, and I may be the last one in the world to figure this out, but he was interviewing, I believe it was in uh, France, was interviewing uh, uh, vineyard growers there, and he was sitting among the vines. They were drinking the wine. And uh, the owner of the vineyard was talking about the unique personality that the wine that that vineyard produce, produced had. And he said, yes, the mountains around produce, let the water come to the valley, the lushness of the microclimate creates a certain sort of dynamic. He said, but one thing that makes our wine unique even more so is you see that eucalyptus tree several hundred yards away. That eucalyptus tree influences the grapes and in the bouquet you can taste a hint of the eucalyptus. I thought, well I never thought of that, but it makes sense I didn't know how influential a eucalyptus tree several hundred yards away could be, but that speaks of the flavor that is had with the branch and the vine and in the proximity. When we come to church, we're not really here to talk about the religion about Jesus. We're here to talk about the religion of Jesus. How did he love? How did he pray? What did congregation mean to him how did he show compassion and whatever else it means to abide in christ it's that flavoring that we are to get as we live life christian another thing about this abiding branch it's connected to all the other branches ready or not it we just are nadia bolts weber pastors in denver whom i uh quote on occasion who is uh, quite the radical uh Uh, pastor. She wrote a sermon about this text and called it, I want to be a sunflower for Jesus. I think we could probably even have a tune that would go with that. I want to be a sunflower for Jesus. (laughs) A sunflower is what I want to (laughs) be. Or Jesus wants me for a sunflower. The reason she says that is a sunflower is autonomous and independent. A a sunflower stands tall and slender and beautiful and bold. It can stand out in the field, reaching above all the other growth around that. I want to be a sunflower for Jesus. And she said, but that's not what Jesus made us. He calls the shots. He casts for the play. And it's our role to be a branch, his role to be a vine. She said, I don't want to be a branch. They're they're messy, they're entangled, they're snarled, they're gnarled, and they are knotted. Who wants to be a branch? She said, I'd rather be a sunflower for Jesus. But we're not. We are connected like those branches, ugly though they may be, but dependent upon the vine and one another. That's the way it is. I remember this is an old uh, preacher story uh, about D.L. Moody, evangelist from two previous centuries, that he was speaking with a fellow in the fellow's house. They were around the fireplace, and the fellow was saying, No, I don't want to have anything to do with church. I'm not going to church. And uh, he said, there are too many hypocrites there, and the politics is too bad there. I don't want to go to church. And D.L. Moody, it, it was told, took one of the fireplace tools and took a coal, a burning coal, from the fireplace. It was red hot. Took it out and placed it on the stone hearth. Let it sit there during the conversation. And it went from red hot to a cooler pink, and then to gray, and then Cold. The story goes that it was not lost on the man watching it. For when we are together there's a spiritual energy and a heat heat that comes. But when we are isolated, our spirits and souls begin to get cold. Whatever else the New Testament teaches, it says we can't be Christians alone. It is when we're connected with each other. Liz and I felt that this week. As you know, my mother-in-law died this week, Liz's mother. And the funeral was on Thursday. And some of you got to come, and that means a whole lot to us. Many of you were there in spirit and in prayer, and and we could feel your presence. When I got home last uh, yesterday, there was an uh, a Easter basket full of cards that you sent. Liz came in last night. Um, But at her mother's funeral, we needed to feel connected to you, and we did. Part of what it means for me to be Christian is to be connected to the vine and to the branches, and that be you. I'm a better Christian because I'm connected to you. The first word is the word abiding. The second word is that Christian spirituality exists and thrives because of pruning. That's not a pleasant word. I know it's a mixed metaphors that, that, that branches don't prune themselves. Like it says, the, the vine dresser, that'd be God, cuts those off. But in other scriptures, the imagery is that we too have a job of pruning our lives, tuning our lives as we live faithful lives. But the vineyard vine dresser is God in the story, clipping off the branches. Pruning is a discipline which focuses resources, right? Then you see a, a, a grapevine in, uh, early in the season. There are just blossoms everywhere. There are leaves everywhere. Branches, shoots everywhere. But the wise vineyard keeper clips off healthy branches and buds and vines so as to focus the resources of hydration and nutrition. It's an extravagant abundance that's cut down to a focused gift. One vineyard owner that I saw in my research said, nothing determines the quality of the wine at the end of the process so much as the appropriate pruning does at the beginning of the process. I remember when I was walking across Spain several years ago. That I walked through the vineyard area in northeastern Spain. One morning we had gotten up early. I was walking along. The fog was still in. The sun had not cut through it yet. I was walking along and I saw these vineyard keepers. There were all these blossoms on some of the on the, of the plants. But then there were others that they were pruning and cutting off. On either side of the road, there was a big pile of leaves and branches, leaves and branches. And what they were leaving behind was what was pruned and focused. As I thought about that, I thought, well, maybe if God is the vine dresser, maybe that's what God is doing in our day and time with the church. Don't we miss the days of empire When the church rode the culture like a surfboard on a wave, all those are great. But now it's more of a placid pool. You can't find a wave, but you can be together in the tidal pool and be present to God and one another. Now are days no longer of empire. They are days of intimacy. And in the intimacy, we nourish each other. Spirituality is often more about reduction than it is addition. I'll visit with you in the hospital and, uh, you know, you're facing surgery so you get real confessional. Like, well, pastor, I know that I don't pray as much as I should. I'll try to pray more. I know that I'll read my Bible as much as I should. I'll try to read it more. But maybe spirituality per pruning is not so much about adding stuff as it is focusing on stuff, focusing on God, focusing on life. It's a pruning. For me, myself, and I'm not as pious as uh, many of you, uh, for me, that spiritual pruning results in I want to stay connected, I want to stay grateful, and I want to stay aware of how God might be at work in my life. For me to do those three things means that I may have to Prune a lot of other good things in order to live a more focused life around a few things. That's my prayer. Abiding and pruning. That's your homework this week to think about and pray about and attend to your own abiding with Christians, with God, with Christ. But also, part of the homework is what about pruning? What might look good in life, but actually takes life from us. To focus on bold pruning, bold abiding. And to me, that, that is Christian spirituality. Amen. It is our tradition that when a word is offered, a time of invitation and response is also offered. It's a time where we respond to God's initiative. God has taken the initiative and we respond. Like in the hymn that we're about to sing about uh, following the call of Christ. The tune sounds to me like a sacred harp tune full of kind of primal percussion. It's written also in a minor key, which not a lot of hymns are. But it's to be sung robustly with a lot of uh, focused joy. Let's stand together and sing. Bless you. I'll I'll try. Whenever a family is gathered around the table, there's always news to share. Some of the news is on the back of the order of service and inside. Let me highlight one or two things. One is there's an ordination service this afternoon. It's at 4.30 in our chapel, and we'll be ordaining uh, Anna Kate Stevenson to the gospel ministry. Following the 4.30 ordination service will be a reception, and that will be in the fellowship hall following next Sunday is Youth Sunday it'll be led by the Bereans mainly which are the tweens in our church now and uh, I think Bo you're one of those right there you go that's right so they'll help lead our worship and then we will have a fellowship lunch right after that in the fellowship hall please make an RSVP by Wednesday if you would and join us for that As a part of that luncheon, we'll be blessing Jeffrey and preparing to let him go as he uh, moves on with life. We'll also have a shower for Jeffrey and for Jade uh, regarding their upcoming wedding. Now there's some prayer concerns to share, as we always gather. One is thank you again for praying for Liz and praying for her family as uh, the death of her mother has been this week and the burial uh, was on Thursday. We appreciate that. Also, we celebrate with Dan and Randy. Uh, Dan Bellman and Randy Carondo got married yesterday. I did the wedding. We have loved them for 34 years. 34 years, and now they have gotten married. Several of the congregation were there, and it was quite the celebration. So drop them a note, if you would, affirm them. Uh, uh, I'm not sure that I've seen a couple that much in love lately. So it is an honor to be a part of it. Daniel is returning from the alliance. The theme has been ecology, so he comes back uh, to share with us. and let's see uh on occasion, though it's not in the order of service, sometimes we have to recognize a birthday. I'm just wondering, uh how many in the congregation today are over a hundred years old? All right, there are two. How many in the congregation are over 101? <laughs> how many are over 102? <laughs> how many feel like you're about 102? <laughs> how many have a birth? There you go. I see that hand. Thank you. Uh, how many are going to have the 103rd birthday tomorrow? <laughs> That would be Jerry Humphreys is having her 103rd birthday tomorrow. Now I know that it's not in the order of service that we are to break out in singing Happy Birthday. However, Jeff, could you help? You're welcome, Jerry. And anybody that's 103, we applaud as well. Thank you. Well, you gift us by being here today and, and by, your good life. Thank by your good life. You're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, everybody that's 103 gets a happy birthday song on their birthday. The choir will now lead and give us the gift of an offering as they sing the offertory. It's about the love of God, and because of the love of God, we then love one another. At this time we continue the worship of God by the giving of tithes and offerings. All oh, loving God, we have so much to be thankful for for the love seen in Randy and Dan's eyes and in their heart, for Irene Harris's gentle homegoing, and for Jerry Humphreys and her robust 103 years of life. You have been generous and good to us. We respond by giving tithes and offerings responsive to our gratitude. So bless and help and heal and hold us, for we believe that we rejoice, we rejoice, and we give thanks. Amen. I'm going to offer the benediction today by holding Jerry's hands because I'm hoping some of her robust energy will rub off on me. Jerry, know this. May the strength of Christ continue to uplift you. you. May the comfort of the Holy Spirit continue to surround you. you. And may the grace and mercy of God give you hope, give you courage, And give you plenty more thank yous. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. And in Christ's name, amen.